and welcome to the Creative Sheep Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire church leaders to get better. My name is Jared Hogue, and I'm so excited to be hanging out with you today. And first and foremost, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Without you, we couldn't do what we do, and I'm so appreciative that you're listening. And at that, I would encourage you, if you're enjoying the show, go back and check out some of our past episodes. We've got an amazing archive, or vault, if you will, of interviews with great people that I would encourage you to check out. We kicked this whole podcast off with an interview with Lee Cockrell, the former executive vice president of operations at Walt Disney World. He had some amazing things to say about customer service and treating people the right way. He's written three books, and I would encourage you to pick up all of them, but go check out the podcast with him. In fact, there was so much great information with Lee that we had to span it over two podcasts. So episodes one and two are both with Lee Cockrell, and I would encourage you to go check those out. Plus, episode four, I got to talk with Michael E. Gerber, the author of E-Myth, an incredible book that Rick Warren, the the author of Purpose Driven Life, Purpose Driven Church, and the founder of Saddleback Church, claims that he built his church on this book. It's an incredible book about building systems and making things better. Michael E. Gerber was incredible. He coined the phrase, go to work on your business rather than in your business. Some amazing information. I would encur- information. I would encourage you to go check that out. That is episode four plus the last episode with Pastor Tom Mullins, the retired pastor of Christ Fellowship Church in Florida. Man, what an incredible interview. This guy's passion, even later in life, is just so contagious. Go check it out. You will be fired up from his interview. Make sure to go check those out. And before we get to today's interview, we have to do today's shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shame, shameless, shameless plug. Shameless Folks, we've unveiled a brand new product on creativesheep.org. It is our series packs. You can go get everything you need to unveil a brand new teaching series when it comes to video and graphic design. We've got you covered. Go check out our series packs. You're going to find series art, message bumpers, Bringvitation, which is just a printable card that you can hand out to your congregation to use to go invite other people to church. We've got marketing collaterals, things for you to put on social media, your website, email blasts, all kinds of stuff in there, that and more. Go check it out at creativesheep.org. It's our series packs. Plus, if you enter the code PODCAST at checkout, you're going to get 50% off. Half off for a limited time only, folks. Go check it out at creativesheep.org, our series packs. And that is today's shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Well, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to today's interview with Pastor Kirby Anderson. Pastor Kirby is a retired pastor out of the state of Wisconsin, uh, which I guess we won't hold against him. We love all cheeseheads here in Oklahoma. And Pastor Kirby, for the past five years, was the Dry Gulch director. Dry Gulch is the summer camp of Church on the Move uh, that sits out in Adair, Oklahoma, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. However, they reach almost 5,000 kids every single summer. Not to mention Christmas Train that they do every year, which over 50,000 people show up for that every single year. It's incredible, ladies and gentlemen. If you're ever in the area, I would encourage you to check it out. It's amazing. Pastor Kirby ran that for about five years. He has since retired to move on to do some writing and speaking and coaching. He has taught on the subject of time management and finances for over 19 years. I had the pleasure of sitting down and talking with Pastor Kirby about time management, so check it out. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have the pleasure today of sitting with Kirby Anderson. Kirby, thank you so much for joining us today. Let's get a little backstory here. Let's let's let everybody know who you are. I know you've been in ministry for a very long time. Um, how long exactly have you been in ministry? Well, if uh, generally when I think in terms of ministry, I go by my ordination date. And okay. last uh, last month, I celebrated 35 years of being wow. ordained. So congratulations! Been around the block a few times. <laughs> no kidding. Now th- this started. Uh, what what was your first job in ministry? Well, my first job in ministry, I started off as a part-time janitor at uh, a church here in town while I was going to Bible school. In Tulsa? In Tulsa. Oh, crazy. Yeah, and then worked up through the ranks, became uh, eventually a coordinator of various helps ministries, uh, then a church administrator, and then the associate pastor, and I was there for about 11 years. Oh, wow. Uh, After that, I headed up to Wisconsin, where I was a senior pastor for 19 years, Mm -hmm. and then came back here to Tulsa, where I oversaw uh, Dry Gulch USA for Church on the Move for about five and a half years as camp director. Very, very cool. Very cool. And uh, you also have a, a pretty stellar family record as well. You've been married to the same woman, Gail, for how long now? Oh, it's coming up on 37 years here 37 in December. 37 years. Wow. Uh, and five kids. Five kids, five grandkids. Five kids and five grandkids. Man, yep. that family has grown like crazy. Yes. That's awesome. Well, I know, uh, like you said, you just recently stepped away from Dry Gulch and uh, as the director there, and now I've launched out and doing some stuff on your own, um, some doing some writing and some consulting and different things of that nature. Um, and one of the things I, I wanted to have you on the show today specifically to talk about is time management. This is something that everybody uh, needs to be better at, no matter how good you are at this. I'm sure there's always room to improve, much like anything else. And so um, you've got some stuff out on your website, and we'll get to where pe- folks can go to see that here in just a little bit. Uh, but I just want to kind of dive in. The stuff you sent over to me I thought was, was outstanding. Um, and you, it's just four tips, four tips on how to manage your time better. And uh, one of the first things you said, which actually I believe is a scripture, uh, is you have all the time today to do what God wants you to do. Yeah, and that is so huge, uh, Jared, because I think it, first of all, gives us some hope. It's a bit of a paradigm uh, buster because most of the time we're feeling like we just don't have enough time. Mm -hmm. So to be able to say that you've got all the time that you need to do what you want to do, okay, that might be a problem. The kicker here is that you've got all the time to do what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. And that, so that kind of gives us a, a, some different context. If that we are truly created on purpose for a purpose, then we do have a calling. And God gives us everything that we need, including time, to be able to hit the mark, be able to fulfill what he's called us to do. And so really then it doesn't be uh, the, the issue of us governing our time is more of, okay, if I do have enough time today to do it, then obviously if I'm feeling like I don't, I have too much on my plate. Mm. I have to boil this down. What are the things that God truly wants me to do? What are the things that really do matter most? And then of course, how can I learn how to better use the time that I have Mm -hmm. to more effectively do these things? Absolutely. Now, one thing I think is so fascinating about this principle is I think some folks, and, and I would even say myself earlier on in life, would have thought, you know, CEOs are these people that seem to accomplish these incredible things that somehow they just, there's like a magic pill they're taking or something, or somehow they're, they're finding more time in the day when in reality we all have 24 hours in the day. That's all we get. And so there's not some magic formula here in terms of they've got more than I do. We all have the same amount of time. It's, a, it's more so a matter of how we manage that time, just like you manage your money, 
you need to budget your time a little bit better in order to achieve greater things. Is Absolutely. That accurate? And, you know, that's a, that's a great um, example that you gave there that you do look at some really high-powered people today and wondering how are they overseeing all of this stuff? Because as you pointed out, we've all got the same amount of time. That's why I believe that time is probably the most valuable resource that we have is because it's utterly consumable. Once today is gone, it's gone. Mm -hmm. I mean, we may try and do better tomorrow, but we're not getting yesterday back. And I think we've all had those days where we've gone to bed at the end of the day and just said, man, I've been so busy. I work so hard. I have been pulled from pillar to post. But what did I really do? Mm. I mean, did I really do what I was supposed to do? Am I getting anywhere? What, What was that all about? And that's the difference between people who seem to be more effective. They don't have more time. They've just learned how to use their time wisely. And that's something that we all have to apply ourselves towards. Mm -hmm. But if we start with that basic premise that I have today what I need to do what God wants me to do, then we can begin to take the next step. Oh, that's fantastic. And I will say, too, it, uh, it's very comforting to know that I'm not the only one that has felt like I've been so busy today, and then at the end of the day, but what did I actually do? I'm glad to find out I'm not the only one like that. Okay, so let's jump in here as far as uh, how we fix this, how we, if right now we're feeling like we're that person, we're busy, we're constantly running and gunning, but we're not really accomplishing anything. Um, or we lay our head on the pillow at the end of the night and we think, what did I do today? Um, let's, get into, let's get into how to better manage our schedules. Um, and so the first thing you had on here is you've got to put the big rocks first. Absolutely. Well, so again, this whole idea of, of we've got everything that, that, we, that we need to get it done, that means we're going to have, have to have a plan. And I love to use this analogy, which is not original with me, came from uh, one of my virtual mentors over the years, Stephen Covey, hmm. wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And uh, he and his team used this awesome analogy of big rocks. And probably many of your listeners are very familiar with it. If not, it's simply just saying that if you had this large glass jar and you put in some big rocks into it, tried to fill the thing up, you would eventually get it all the way to the brim. And if you asked somebody and said, well, is this thing full? And they'd say, well, yeah, I don't think you can get any more of those big rocks in. But then if you pull out another jar of maybe gravel, a pea-sized gravel, and start dumping that in, it starts filling in the voids around it. You can pull out a jar of sand and filter that in and shake it around and fill it up more and ask, is that full? Well, it looks like it, but what if you took a jar of water mm-hmm. and poured in there? And what's so funny is generally at the end of that example, if you ask people, okay, so what's the moral of this story? They generally will say something like, well, no matter how full your day seems to be, you can always get something more in it. (laughs) And that's the way we think about time management. We're just trying to cram more into our day. And that's absolutely the wrong point Mm -hmm. because it's not so much, it's not about uh, how much you do. It's more about what you do. That's really important, and that's where it comes down to the big rocks. The big rocks are representing the things that truly matter the most to us, Mm -hmm. our priorities. And the moral is if you don't put the big rocks in first, they're not going to get in. Uh. And so what happens so much of the time in our lives is because we don't have a plan and don't make a place for those things that are truly important first, all the other stuff in our lives, the, the lesser important things, 
just fill it up, mm. even to the place of other people's expectations. Mm-hmm. They're putting it on you. And that's why at the end of the day, you feel like, yeah, I've been busy. I've been doing all this stuff, but I didn't have time with my wife. I didn't get my Bible read. I didn't get exercise in today. Mm-hmm. All of those things that we wistfully say, man, I wish I had more time to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's just simply because it got filled up with this other stuff. You know, one, one thing I, I love, and I, I don't want to step on your toes, if, I'm sure we'll get to this more later, but one thing I love that Warren Buffett said is that wildly successful people are more known for what they say no to <laughs> than what they say yes to. Yeah. And, and that's a lot of getting those big rocks in place. Is Absolutely. What we're going to say no to so that we can make place for these things. I love what you said, too, just the let's not it's not about fitting more in the calendar. It's, it's being purposeful with the things that are there. Good night. That's good stuff. Um, so with your big rocks, let, let's talk about your your daily routine here. Um, and, and I'm going to tell – we'll give our audience here in just a little bit. I, and if I can go ahead and just let the cat out of the bag. If you go to kirbyanderson.com slash time, um, this is all laid out for you right here. But we're still going to walk through this. What does your daily routine look like? Well, I guess in a big picture, um, most of my days, for the most part, especially the weekdays, even though that I'm self-employed right now and self-directed, I still try and keep a routine. And most of those days I get up the exact same time. Um, and my day starts off about 545. Wow. I take about two and a half hours um, just to get a lot of the big rocks in my day right at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start writing around 830. And then most uh, the rest of the day pretty much has a regimen. I'm going to do some writing. I've got times in there for working on projects for studying um, things, um, emails, coaching, mm-hmm. uh, personal coaching that I may do. Mm-hmm. And then uh, throughout the day, time with my wife, a little relaxation in the evening, yeah. and a very set and rigid uh, bedtime. Really? Getting to bed on time. Oh, very much so. Awesome. Uh, I really believe that, uh, that tomorrow's productive day begins with... Uh, the night before, yeah, yeah, and uh, and going to bed and uh, setting the tone in my mind and getting ready for the next day, that all determines how I get my start for the following morning. Absolutely. If you don't mind, let's break it down just a little bit further sure. with the big rocks portion yep. of this. You yep. said you take was it two and a half hours, yeah. approximately, yeah. for your big rocks. So right. what does that two and a half hours look like? So from five forty-five to eight thirty or whatever that is right there, what does that time frame look like? I'll give you a quick overview, and I did include on that uh, on the web page that you mentioned they mm-hmm. can actually download if they're interested in just my personal schedule oh, just great. to kind of get an idea. But it generally starts off first thing in the morning, just getting up right away, splashing my face with water, mm-hmm. uh, drinking uh, some good lemon water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to sit down for about 10 minutes and uh, go back to relaxing, which mm-hmm. is very amazing to people um, to get up to relax. <laughs> and But I do. I get up. Uh, solitude for me, and I believe for most people, is in uh, that we are extremely deficient in Mm -hmm. it. And so I will start the day and I will just sit quietly, breathe, do a little meditation and, uh, and just be still and just be quiet. I'll do that for about 10 minutes. I'll take about five to 10 minutes and go through some personal affirmations of just uh, who I want to become, the relationship that I desire with my wife, with my kids, other people who are important to me. Um, if I can jump in yeah, on that real yeah. quick, um, if I can ask, how old are you? I'm 58. I think it's fascinating that you have, you take time to, for these personal affirmations for who you want to be. 
and for where you want your marriage to go, even at 58. I think that's fantastic. I think it's amazing. And that I think, especially for some of my, like myself, I kind of think, you know, by the time I've reached this point in life, I've arrived. But uh, this is something I talked about on a previous podcast with Joe McGee, and that there's there's really no arrival point. And we all know that as Christians, but just there is no arrival point. I think it's amazing that even still, you're, there's something you're always striving for. That's awesome. Well, thanks. And I, I do believe that that's extremely important. I had kind of a revelation a couple of months ago. I was going through my affirmations, and particularly one day I was reading the ones that of the kind of relationship I wanted with my kids. And I realized that I wrote this affirmation 25 years ago. Mm. And as I sat there, and at that time I was uh, writing it as in kind of the present tense, but yet most of that was still future. Mm. They were at home. I was writing about what I wanted them to be, the relationship for us to have, but also the relationship that they would have with their future spouses Mm -hmm. and the kind of lives that they would have, their homes and all of this. And as I read through this, I realized that was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Wow. It's all happened. Wow. And so stuff doesn't happen just because you want it to happen. And that's generally the case with most things in life. Life is choices. It's not chances. Mm. And things don't just happen because you want them to happen. So, yeah, I'm very purposeful about that. It helps me to be a better husband, that even though that I've been working on these things for a long time, if I don't stay sharp and I'm going to default back into maybe some of my uh, uh, old ways that, uh, you know, snapping at certain times or uh, things like that, that my wife deserves better than that. So it's my responsibility to sharpen the saw every day. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, so great. as far as uh, after the personal affirmations, yep. what, what comes after that? In your uh, generally there is I go into my Bible reading, mm-hmm. have a good Bible reading plan. I spend time in, in the Word every day. Uh, then I will read about 10 pages in a personal growth uh, book um, every day as well. What book are you reading right now? Well, currently right now I'm going back to the old classic of Think and Grow Rich by oh, Napoleon I Hill. Book. If and, you have uh, not read that book, go get that book right absolutely. now. Pause the podcast and go get that book. Yeah, uh, you just can't get away from it. So no. I, I love the classics. I love uh, Norman Vincent Peale's Power of Positive Thinking oh, and Dale Carnegie's, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And, yes. you know, some of the granddaddies of, of all this stuff. And it's just so good. And uh, most of it, whether they have chapter and verse included, you can find its counterparts within Scripture mm-hmm. because they've tapped into truth, whether they knew its biblical roots or not. Absolutely. So anyway, that's what I'm reading at, at the moment. After that, uh, I uh, will go up and do my journaling, and I will journal for a short time. It's my time to evaluate uh, yesterday. Hmm. Uh, what did I do, what I thought halfway right, and what didn't go so right, Yeah. and, uh, and how can I learn from it, yeah. and jotting those things down, and if there's something that I'm particularly concerned about, writing that down as well. Choosing just to slow down a little bit, evaluate, and uh, with that fresh in my mind, I take off and get in a morning walk. I walk for about 10 to 15 minutes, and that's where I pray. Mm. And uh, generally use the Lord's model for prayer as a guide for my prayer time, praying for me and my family, getting the basics in, come home, do some stretching, um, and then uh, have uh, my green smoothie, uh, head up, shower, get dressed, come down, have a bowl of cereal, and then it's off to writing. Wow. Those are some really good big rocks. Let me ask you this. Have you always been a morning person? Have you always gotten up at 5.45 in the morning, or is this a a habit you had to develop? Uh, Yes and no. Uh, I think that I I tend to love the mornings, but I haven't always gotten up and taken advantage of it. 
And I think the reason is sometimes sleep, I know for me, a lot of times sleep was my escape, especially when I was going through times of stress. Mm. Sometimes if you're avoiding the day, you just tend to want to sleep in. But I found that whenever I was on vacation, I naturally always just wanted to get up. I Mm. would get up ahead of everybody else and enjoy the quiet, the solitude. Um, So I think that there was that natural inclination. But as far as during the rest of the year, um, fighting stress and some of those things, uh, it wasn't natural. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, but what I have found out is that I enjoy the benefits, that if I do not get up at this time and get this in, um, that I will regret it mm-hmm. uh, before the day gets into it too much longer. I can feel it in my energy. I can feel it in my mental focus. I can feel it in my attitude. I can see it in my production. Um, and it's not worth it to me. Even if I got to take a nap, and I am a napper, I will take a 20-minute power nap uh, (laughs) frequently. I'm good at that. Yeah. But I would much rather do that rather than say, well, I'm going to try and sleep in just a little bit. Yeah. It's better for me to get up and nap a little later or go to bed earlier. I've been seeing several articles lately that actually show the the benefits of taking a nap and having a nap in the afternoon or something of that nature, that it's actually you're, you're more productive when you actually do that, do something like a 20-minute power nap or something Absolutely. of that nature. Most great leaders have been very proficient at it, presidents and others. That's that's wild. That something you definitely would not think. Um, okay, so so next up here is to you create a master weekly schedule. Absolutely. The, the master weekly calendar is the thing that, for me, started a number of years ago. I'm not even sure that I heard anybody necessarily talk about it, but it was my way just to kind of, as you said, put a regimen to this. Mm -hmm. That, yes, I do like to be regimented. Uh, It just helps me. I do tend to be like that. But um, it's, it's a very simple idea. It's, it's the best tool to get the big rocks in mm-hmm. because what I have found is the best tool for planning is actually uh, a week. Mm. Uh, to plan for the week is the best. It's cyclical. Mm-hmm. Not everything happens on every day, but within the course of the week, if it's something important, it's probably going to happen mm-hmm. once or twice or uh, whatever. So mm-hmm. I, I love planning for the week. Most people have a calendar. They write down their appointments, their meetings, uh, important dates to remember, that kind of thing, and that's great. But what I like to think of the Master Weekly Calendar is this template that's less about what you do and more about what you want to become, mm. who you want to become. So if I say I want to become a better husband, well, what's, what's, gonna, what's that going to take? Um, well, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some conversation. And I can say, yeah, I'm going to do better at that. But if I don't get that big rock in, chances are a week's going to go by and that's going to get squeezed out mm-hmm. by something else. I'm not going to have spent much time. In fact, most people spend less than two or three minutes a day, most married couples, in actual conversation that involves feelings or anything oh, else. Wow. So, um, and most studies say if you really want to maintain a long-term romantic uh, uh, relationship in your marriage, it's going to take a couple hours a day. Mm. And, uh, and so you're going to have to work at it, wow. what, whatever it is. So what that is, is then I will put uh, block out time mm-hmm. on this master weekly calendar of when these things are going to happen. Um, to help me to become the better spouse that I want to be, a better parent, um, to become healthier, to become less stressed, uh, to grow spiritually. Those are all big things for me. What's that going to take? What am I going to have to do? I want to put that in. So 
essentially what I do is I block out time for the non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that starts with your work time. If you've got an eight-to-five job, well, that's non-discretionary. you got to right. show up, so right. I, I can't plan to have a date time with my wife then. So I block that out, and uh, just a simple grid. You know, you got the days across the top, hours down the left side. And, and then what I will do, though, is allocate time for things like this energizing morning routine, mm. uh, a date night once a week with my wife. Uh, a few minutes a day where I'm going to be able to sit down, have undistracted conversation with her. Mm-hmm. Having uh, a little bit of time with one child at least once a week in what we call special time in our family. Mm-hmm. Have a family night where the whole family uh, puts it together. These are the things that Gail and I look back on right now. And we say this is what's given us the gold. It, does, it didn't seem like it on any given week, but you do that hundreds of times. That's what's given us the relationship, Mm -hmm. the bond in our family, the personal satisfaction. um, And you can't shortcut that. But it all happened with just this master weekly calendar to get the big rocks in. Yeah. Wow. I I, I have to say I'm probably the one that falls guilty of letting my schedule get filled up with the appointments and the things of that nature. And uh, it makes me think, too, Judah Smith just recently wrote a blog for us, and he talked about starting with the end in mind. And it sounds like that you're kind of talking the same thing here, where yep. start with who you want to be, and then that's what should fill up your calendar Absolutely. from there. Ooh. And if you just think in terms, you go back to the big rocks, okay? These are the things that I say are most important to me mm-hmm. over the long haul. If I look down at the end of my life and think, what is it that I'm going to, I want to look forward to? What would be the things that I would regret? How am I going to prevent that or attain the things that I want to? This is what I have to do. I put those big rocks in, the little bit of time that's scattered around, I fill those things in Mm -hmm. with the lesser important things and uh, make everything fit that way. Wow. That's really, really good. Now, I know you you touched on this just a little bit. When it comes to being regimented and organized and, and that kind of thing, are you naturally, are you more naturally bent that way? Yeah, I would say so. Most people who know me, um, I didn't always recognize it. I guess whatever you are, you tend to think is the norm. Mm -hmm. And you think everybody is like this. So yeah, I I have that aptitude. I remember the first time somebody pointed it out was freshman in biology class. And one of my, I was in lab and uh, my partner just looked over and saw my notebook. And, you know, I opened up this folder and had everything laid out. And then my notes was all outlined and everything else. And I don't think anybody taught me to do it. It's just kind of the way I organized it. He said, what in the world is that? And uh, I just realized not everybody sees the world, you know, is all kind of organized together. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I tend to have that administrative bent. However, I I tend to work at it, too. Um, Time management is something that I've worked at for years, pretty much out of a need for survival. Yeah. Uh, You have a big family. You have uh, big responsibilities in the church, as I've always been been involved in. And you have to learn how to do it. So I had an aptitude, but I've also applied myself and had to learn after others, Mm -hmm. you know, who were better at it than me. Yeah, man, that's really good. Uh, Do you, in building your calendar, do you leave in buffers uh, between meetings or things of that nature? How does that look with your calendar? Absolutely. Uh, because until you become omniscient, which is going to be a while for most of us, <laughs> uh, there are always going to be unexpecteds and bona fide unexpecteds. Uh-huh. Um, you do the best that you can uh, to, to plan. And I do tell people that they should plan conservatively 
but realistically, um, because work expands to fill the time available for completion. Yeah. You give yourself two hours to do a job that should only take you 30, you're going to spend two hours to do it. Mm-hmm. So you need to keep, you know, the boundaries on yourself. However, things do happen. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. So I will, as a general rule, build in about 20% into my, into my schedule oh, wow. of that much margin. Um, if I don't need that, that always allows me, it's just kind of bonus time, that I can choose to do something else that is on an upcoming project list or a task list that maybe wasn't critical for today, but I can get the jump on it. Or maybe I go back and uh, decide to take uh, some time and spend with a member of my family mm-hmm. or another friend who's going through a tough time and I need to sow some time with him or her. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you need to, uh, to do that because, again, not only you might not have planned well today on how much time it's going to take you to do something, but on the other side of it, you may have a bona fide unexpected Somebody uh, has an emergency that needs your help, that you want to help, that's God appointed. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to say no, first of all, to the Lord, what he wants me to do. I mean, <laughs> right. that's kind of the whole point of right. what we're doing here, serve him, and, uh, and to genuinely be available for people that, um, that are close to me. And, uh, and so, yeah, give yourself a little bit of buffer room. It's really good. And that's a voice of experience, too, because I kind of went crazy at this at first, you know, and I would plan out everything in the day, and then I just lived in constant frustration. <laughs> okay, speaking of that, that's my next question. Yeah. So what, what do you do, especially being someone who's more naturally bent this way? I'm, this is not my natural bent. This is, something I have, this is something I struggle with and have to really make a concerted effort to make this happen for me. But someone especially who is bent this way naturally, what do you do? when things don't go according to plan. Oh, I throw a fit and break stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Just like you do, Jared. Um, No, I've gotten uh, better at it. I consider it part of my therapy now. That's that's why I just kind of smile and just say, serenity now, and, uh, you know, let's let's just keep moving forward. No, the the biggest thing is, is that I've been down this road long enough to know that um, even though I maybe don't hit it 100%, if I have done a good job in the morning and planned out the most important things, and I have working on those in order of priority, then at least at the end of the day I can still say, you know, I didn't get everything done that I wanted to, but I did do the most important things, and that's mm-hmm. the best that you can do. Um, there are some things you always try and learn every day. Mm-hmm. How could you have done this a little better? And I think the other thing uh, that I... Uh, love about the Master Weekly Calendar. You may not always hit it perfectly, but it gives you a picture of what you want, and it gives you a base, and you can flex. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have an opportunity comes up or something really catches us by surprise, <coughs> something catches us by surprise, and I have to preempt something that was a big important deal, maybe date night even, mm-hmm. with my wife. And I say, honey, we've, we need to take this and reroute this. Well, at least I know that I can take that time and I can flex and schedule that in to perhaps the next day. Mm. And it still gets in for the week. Yeah. And, and so having this idea of I need to get these things in within the course of the week, mm-hmm. I at least have a little bit of flexibility and a little control. 
to move that around. We're all control freaks to a certain degree, right? But we're not in control of everything, right? And and uh, so there again, that is part of the realistic therapy we got to put ourselves through. Gotcha. I love what you said there about putting boundaries on yourself, which I think to a lot of people, especially if you're creative out there listening, um, can be can be very frustrating. Uh, but putting the boundaries on yourself with the, the the kind of the guardrail of being flexible at the same time, I think that's a I think that's really good stuff. Um, <clears throat> one of the next thing you talked about, and we talked about this just a little bit ago, but is uh, is uh, once you make that morning routine, is to actually commit to the morning routine. So uh, kind of explain the difference here of making the morning routine, but then being committed to the morning routine. It's kind of like a New Year's resolution. Uh, everybody <laughs> understands it, gets yep. it. We love the idea of it. Yep. Um, we generally bite off more than we can chew, mm-hmm. and we do pretty good for several days. Mm-hmm. And then we go, oh, man, I, I, I need a little extra sleep, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do it. So uh, like any habit, you're better to start off with something realistic and do it um, for at least... I mean, I, I think 30 days. Most people will say, you know, three weeks, 21 days. But I, I like to shoot for 30 days. And, and just to get started, you need to commit to it and to do something that is going to be attainable. Mm-hmm. Um, don't try and, and do something that is just really unrealistic for you right now and, mm-hmm. and imitate my schedule or somebody else's schedule. Mm-hmm. You, you take a step in the right direction, gain some benefit, that feeds uh, your enthusiasm, mm-hmm. and it gives you ambition to keep stepping it up a little bit. If you get the taste of this after 15 minutes, and uh, you're going to say, man, it went by so fast, it felt so good, mm-hmm. I need to get up a little earlier tomorrow, it becomes addictive. Mm. And, and so uh, that's part of the committing thing. And I think that people need to do it because it takes a while to form that habit. Mm-hmm. And to get to the past where it's, it's kind of muscle memory, and to where you're really enjoying the benefits and you're going to continue this. That's good. So with that, I liked how you said take it in steps. And that's actually one of the questions I have for you is someone that's waking up, and I'm clearly asking this for a friend, uh, but someone who's waking up <laughs> at 745 or, or 8 o'clock in the morning, yeah. uh, do they should they just go cold turkey and start waking up at 545 or 5 a.m. Or, or whatever that time is? Or should it be more of a stair step back so it'll be a, a, a habit that you'll actually stick with? What would you recommend? Well, what I would recommend is that it be stair step. Yeah. Uh, there are going to be some people who are going to, who are going to do it no matter what I say because they just they just going to prove that they're going to do it. Yeah. But again, most people are struggling with this and they're rushing out the door and they're you know grabbing you know a, a, a donut and a cup of coffee and then rushing just to get into rush hour. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to be good for your family or for your job starting the day that way. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's better for you just to start by getting up 15 minutes earlier. If you normally get up at 7.30, try 7.15 tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to read, you know, seven chapters in the Bible. Start off with a chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, Start off with a few minutes of prayer. Mm -hmm. Do, you don't have to run for, you know, three miles. Do five push-ups. Do something along some of the lines that I think are are good components of a good uh, morning routine. Mm just to get a small win, celebrate every victory, and then just keep building mm-hmm. on that. That's good. That's really good. Um, what are, uh, I, I know you said that 
time management is something you've developed down through the years, and there's other people that you've looked at to help you in this process. Who are some of those people or maybe books that you would recommend in the pursuit of time management? Well, probably the the one that has helped me the most would have been Stephen Covey. Uh, Not only Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, but also his other book called First Things First. Mm. Um, I had been um, well into my own, oh, I guess my my rhythm, my systems of time management by the time that I read uh, his first book in 1989, uh, Seven Habits. But his writings helped me to kind of reformat the way that I thought about time management. Mm. Up until that point in time, I was like just about everybody else, and I was thinking more like what I was joking about before. The goal of time management is to try and figure out how I can do more. Yeah. And, um, and he, he taught a lot on uh, it's not so much the how much, but more about what. Mm-hmm. He used word pictures like so many people are climbing, working so hard to climb the ladder of success, whatever that ladder means, only to reach the top and realize the ladder's leading against, leaning against the wrong wall. Mm. And, and so it became more of a question about what are these priorities? What are we really doing? What are we trying to do instead of just getting caught up mm-hmm. in the rat race or what we should be doing? Asking more important questions. As you mentioned, begin with the end in mind. Mm. Uh, looking down the end of your life, listening to uh, what people are going to say in their eulogies mm. of you. What do you, what do you want said about you? Yeah. Well, you're going to have to live now in order to have that kind of thing said about you and to leave that kind of, of, of lifetime and have those kind of hopeful tri- tributes to you. So those were the biggest keys to me. A lot of other things, uh, David Allen wrote a, a book here and has revised it over the years called Getting Things Done. Mm. For those who love time management, uh, generally a whole uh, uh, group of people out there called GTD, um, Getting Things Done whole software systems and apps are built around this whole idea Mm. and it's his own ecosystem so to speak of how to do that brilliant Uh, just as far as workflows um, that's really really helpful as well so I think those things are probably uh, the most important I've listened to so many seminars and read so many books over the years yeah um, but those are probably the basics awesome well uh, we're going to jump to a segment here called rapid fire and I'm going to throw some questions at you. No time to think. You just have to answer. So we're going to fire through these. Are you ready for this? I'll do my best. Okay. I don't do well on these things, but <laughs> I always overthink everything. Well, here we go. Here we go. Quick, think fast. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. First and foremost, favorite band? Pink Floyd. <laughs> no questions there. No, that, I, and I'm sorry. I may burst some bubbles on that one, but that's Nonsense. just sorry. Nonsense. Okay. Uh, favorite smoothie? Oh, my morning green smoothie. The morning, of course. Favorite movie? Um, probably a toss-up. The old Ten Commandments by Cecil B. DeMille and uh, Lord of the Rings. Is that is that the Charlton Heston one? Oh yeah. And then Lord and Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. The whole tri- the whole the whole you got to do is it trilogy? Yeah. yeah it's terrible. I've never seen Lord of the Rings. You, you I can't think just I just lost one. a lot of respect from our listenership <laughs> out here. Uh, that and Star Wars. Never seen either okay. one of them. Uh, okay. Favorite Amazing. quote. Um, well, speaking of Star Wars, it, it would be uh, stay on target, stay on target. <laughs> that's probably one of them. So That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and favorite book of all time? Well, outside of the Bible, I suppose everybody feels you got to say that. Right. But uh, The Hobbit. Interesting. Not what I was expecting at all on that one. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay. Uh, well, Pastor Kirby, how can folks get in contact with you? 
uh, well, if they want to reach out? Well, the, the best way, I would say, first of all, is just to go to my new website, uh, kirbyanderson.com. And again, as you mentioned today, I do have a special page, page that doesn't show up on the menu there because it's for folks that I talk to about time management. If they just go to kirbyanderson.com slash time, they'll get um, the notes of what I normally talk about, personal schedule. Um, they'll even get uh, a template for, they can use for their own master weekly mm -hmm. calendar, mm -hmm. instructions how to do that, an example. I've got some other uh, recommended resources on there, some good books, um, and uh, even my favorite book on there that talks about uh, how to create your own uh, morning routine. Mm. Best book that I've read on this thing took mine up light years uh, just reading it here in the last six months. So That's fantastic. Uh, all of that's uh, available there, and they can also sign up for an email subscription uh, from me and download uh, my latest new book. Uh, ebook, which is called uh, Seven Ways to Supercharge Your Family This Week. Uh, I love family yes. and uh, love to help people just keep making it better. So that's probably the easiest way. You can follow me on Twitter at just uh, Kirby Anderson, and Anderson is with an S-E-N. Okay. Uh, Good, uh, good Danish heritage, though, so don't <laughs> don't mess that up, folks. <laughs> okay, folks, go to Kirby Anderson, K-I-R-B-Y-A-N-D-E-R-S-E-N.com, and if you add the slash time, you're going to get the notes, uh, basically, of what we've talked about today. Make sure to sign up for the email list. That that ebook on the, the seven... I'm sorry, I'm slaughtering the name. Seven ways to supercharge your family. Yes, uh, it is incredible. Well, it is incredible. You. Make sure to go download that. Subscribe to the email list. Get that ebook. Um, and, and one thing, I'm going to take a quick sidestep here. There's one little story I want to tell here. Uh, Pastor Kirby, I met you. It was probably about five years ago when you came and took over Dry Gulch USA, and uh, Church on the Move and Dry Gulch do a little-known thing called Christmas Train uh, at Christmas time every year, and. Uh, with Pastor Kirby overseeing Dry Gulch, one of the things I thought was fascinating is the head of Dry Gulch, he's walking around. I was just a volunteer out there serving food in, uh, I think it was called Campeses. Uh, I'm sure I was serving some burgers or something. And you would always come around and stop. You always called me by name, and you always took time to ask about me every single night I saw you out there. And that was a big deal to me. Mm. And that's one thing I've noticed about you, and pretty much anybody I've talked to that knows you, that's one of the things they say about you. Why is this such a big deal to you? I don't know where I got it, but all I do know is that people are everything to me. Um, I want to be known as an encourager of people to help people become better versions of themselves. That's just what I, I like to do. And I think probably the simplest answer to why is it such a big deal is, you know, really people are the biggest deal to God. Mm -hmm. It's the reason why he created all this stuff. Yeah. It was for people. It's the reason why he sent Jesus, was for people. Mm -hmm. Funny, uh, my uh, former pastor of mine many years ago, we used to joke about how m wonderful ministry would be if it wasn't for people. <laughs> and, uh, and that is, we can all laugh at that because uh, it can get taxing, and yet yeah. there is no ministry without people. Mm -hmm. um, God loves people, and I've always wanted to be known more as a developer of people than a terminator. Mm. I've, a lot of people take a great deal of, uh, well, Donald Trump has built quite a reputation for your fire, <laughs> and, uh, and that's, you know, I suppose that's, that's worked well for him with his TV show and everything, and I'm not dissing him, but that isn't what I was about. It, it's yeah. easy to fire somebody. It takes investment um, to sow into a person to help bring out the best in a person. 
I know that there were people who gave me a shot, took me aside, loved me enough, even when I was just an idiot, and spoke into my life and saw things that I perhaps didn't see and helped to bring out the best in me. And I think that's our responsibility, is to do the same with everybody else. I can't impact everybody, but I can impact the person I'm with right now. And so, yeah, that's, it is a big deal, and I appreciate you saying that because that's what I really, that makes my day, is to know <laughs> that I've helped somebody else just to feel better about themselves. That's incredible. Thank you so much for joining us today. Folks, go follow him on Twitter. Check out the website. Get signed up for the email blast uh, and get that book. Trust me, you're going to want to do it. Uh, plus, you just get some incredible information every day that comes out from your blog um, and that kind of thing. So go to KirbyAnderson.com, check it out, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Jared. Man, what a great interview. So much great information. Some things that I've been applying in my life that have been super, super helpful, like having a morning routine, getting up earlier, um, and having a purposeful morning. It helps set the tone for the day, getting the big rocks in place, looking into the future and deciding who you want to be, and then putting the big rocks in place to help you become who you want to be. Man, some great information. Getting the big rocks in place. Again, let me remind you of that website. Go check out kirbyanderson.com slash time. You can see a lot of the notes from today. You can see Pastor Kirby's schedule right there. Some really great information. Pastor Kirby, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, folks, make sure you check us out on social media at creative underscore sheep on Instagram and Twitter. Of course, you can find us on Facebook. And if you would, shoot me an email. Love to hear from you. Jared at creativesheep.org. Again, that's Jared at creativesheep.org. We hope this inspired you to get better at what you do. That's what this is all about. And folks, until next time, have an awesome, awesome week. And we'll see you later.